Serious business, Rever. When you, when Pardon made that shot, what did you do? Well, I was courtside in Champaign. I was getting ready oh, to call right. Illinois and Michigan State. So you know how it is. I mean, when you're about to call a game, you're really fixated on kind of what's going on right in front of you and making sure you got everything straight. And, and of course, we had the issue of that that game was potentially going to bleed over into our game. And so, you know, Brian Carter, Sarge, of course, he's our producer. And so he's in my ear kind of talking about, well, you know, what are the, the possibilities of, of what we might do here? So, you know, certainly really happy to see Northwestern win. I mean, you know, look, I, like you said, I went there and, um, you know, grew up going to games. My father taught there. I mean, certainly, you know, my association and, and though I would never bring it up, you know, on the air and, and you root for all the big 10 teams to do well, I would love to see them make the NCAA tournament, not necessarily at the expense of anyone else, but to see them get in. So really pleased to, to see it. It was an amazing moment, no doubt. Uh, a bunch of my buddies were texting me and stuff, but I was kind of fixated on uh, when are we going on the air? How are we doing our open? That kind of thing. Yeah. And you know, as much as we all would like to let people think we're not human, we're human beings. I mean, you watch a good game and, you know, a team go, there, there's a lot of reasons. Hell, I rooted for Northwestern. And my son, you know, is part of the other team. You, you know what I mean? Right. You, you know? No, no doubt. I mean, look, you know, obviously it's one of the last great Big Ten stories that has never happened. I mean, did you have an original founding member of the team, the school that hosted the first ever Final Four that hasn't been there? And so, yeah, I mean, I think everyone kind of in the back of their mind kind of roots for them obviously you ultimately root for your team but and you know I always go back to Scott Van Pelt I think said it really well when when he talked about kind of showing his affinity for Maryland his line is you know everyone came from somewhere we're all from somewhere everyone has a background everyone has teams they grew up following so and and you you can't you compartmentalize that you can't totally put that away and and but my job and much like hey look you work with Mike Tirico for years you know, Mike went to Syracuse, has an affinity for the place, but you never know when he's calling a game. And and my job when I'm calling a game, and I've called a number of Northwestern games this year, is for to to tell the story for both teams and and to make to make sure that both coaches know that I'm going to kind of tell their story in the same kind of way that I'm going to tell the other team's story. That I'm going to make sure that I'm fair to both sides. I mean, you know, you're ultimately we're professionals, and that's what you're paid to do. And so you just need to kind of figure out a way to to do that while still acknowledging in the back of your mind, hey, this is a great story. This makes a ton of people that I know really, really happy. And that's neat to see. And, and I know how hard it's been. I mean, I know kind of the slog that they've gone through here because, you know, I started going to games there 41 years ago. So I've seen a lot of bad basketball. <laughs> Uh, Tim Doyle said it really well. He goes, look, that is the most anti-Northwestern thing that has ever happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. let's, let's uh, that, go ahead. Yeah, actually, Seth, Seth Myers tweeted that was the that was the mo- most un-Northwestern yeah. least Northwestern things. I'm not saying Tim stole it from, he from did. Seth. But, he, uh, he did it yeah, and he, he referenced him. He, he referenced him, okay. actually. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Rever, right. what did you think about um, – Izzo saying that, you know, media needs to be more, I guess, I'll, I'll put it nicely, involved in promoting the Big Ten. 
You know, it's funny, Dan, that I had spent a lot of time on Wednesday talking to Tom before that game against Illinois, and I spent a lot of time with Brian Gregory. I mean, probably a half hour with him during their shoot-around and, and really picking his brain because I, I hadn't spoken to him in a long, long time and, and just kind of wanted to see what he was thinking about the league. And they both said the exact same thing. I mean, Tom said that to me, that, hey, we've done a job, uh, meaning the media, I feel like all year I've kind of said about the Big Ten, look, the league is not as deep at the top as it has been in recent years in terms of teams that you look at and you say, this is a team that I'd be surprised if they don't make a really deep run. This is a team that I think can make it to the Final Four. I don't think there are a ton of those teams. I mean, you watch the league in the same way that I do. I mean, I think we're in a group of probably 10 people who watch it as you know that closely nationally. And, and so I, I think that we understand kind of the limitations of the top, but I think that we also understand how much better the bottom is. And that was something that, that Tom talked about a lot, where he was saying, you know, there are teams that in the past, you just feel like we're just going to show up, and if we play reasonably well, we're going to win the game, right? And there are just so few of those games this year. I mean, virtually none of them. You know, look at what Rutgers has done against some of the elite teams. I mean, I was at the game against Wisconsin. They had them beaten at Madison Square Garden, right? I mean, they just did beat Illinois and maybe knocked them out of the the NCAA tournament. They took a ton of other teams down to the wire, Michigan, Northwestern. So if that's the worst team in your league, your league's pretty good. And and so, you know, to me, that's that's the trade-off. But it's hard to articulate that. It's It's hard for people who want to tell the easy story to look at a league and understand there's kind of both those sides of the coin. So that'd be my take. I guess I'm curious on yours because you and I, though, though we play different roles in covering the league, you know, we cover it in the same way. I, I don't, I didn't get it. Like, and I, I don't get where the media plays any part. Like, let me, let me just, you know, they're going to get seven teams in and chances are you're going to get seven teams in six or however many of them are Okay. I mean, is it the media's job to promote? Like, like I, you know, he mentioned the conference of champions. They're gonna get three teams in the NCAA tournament. That's it. So I, right. I don't know. I, I just, I quite. Is it? Is it like? Is it? Is that what our job is? Is no, that part of our, our job? job is to, I, I think our job is to tell the story of the league the fairest way we know how. And so I would agree with you that it is not our job to be a cheerleader. And no. I, but I didn't get. I didn't sense that that was what Tom was saying. My sense was, in in talking to him, and and maybe it came out differently at the podium than it came out when we were sitting there in in Champaign, but what he said is there's no nights off. And and I do, again, I I defer to you. I mean, you coach this game, you play this game. I don't think there are as many nights off as there have been in the past. Like, I think that's a really reasonable point for him to make. Well, I'll tell you this, as a coach, you never think there's a night off. I mean, and I know when you know at the season's over, you look back on it and you say, "All right, we, you know, Rutgers was no good. We beat." I don't know. I just I, my question would be if you weren't battling for an at-large spot, which maybe they are, maybe they aren't, would the same comment be made? And I would bet not. I just that's just my bet. I, I just think there was more to it. I think there was more for him personally to kind of realize wait a second we're probably going to have 14 losses going into this yeah. um Dave Gavitt I think it's Dave or what's his son's name whatever his son's name is 
came out and said, hey, uh, you know, you got to win some games, and they hadn't. So I, I don't know. I, I, I just was curious about it because I, I just never got the sense that anybody's job was to promote the league. I, I, I kind of thought it was their job to do really well, and winning takes care of, of all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. What the hell do I know? And, and, and I, would, I absolutely agree with you when you kind of articulate it that way. Because yeah. I don't see it as my job to promote the league. And I, I work for the Big Ten right. Network. I think my job is to tell – the best story I can about the league. I don't think it's my job to rip the league, but look, we're, we're different, right? I mean, the big 10 network is different than ESPN, but, but I would also say that if, if we, if people turn to our network and just see us with pom-poms, which I fervently believe we don't do. I I mean, I I think we've been very fair through the years, positively and negatively. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't think we're doing a service because then they just tune you out. Then they don't believe anything you say. But but again, like I feel like if everyone's bashing league, I don't think the league's bad. And, I agree. And, and if people are going to say nationally the league's bad, I don't think that's fair at all. And I would certainly counter that notion. I have said this is, and again, you may again be you know different. I I think this is the most fun league that we've had in a long time. Like I think that's this for is. Sure. I think this is fun. Like I I have gotten pushback on that, and I'm curious your thoughts. I have had pushback from people that I work with say, look, it's more fun when there's really good teams. And I'm like, well, okay, but I think these teams are really good, and I think these teams are really fun. And the, but more important than the teams, the games every night are really fun. Th- yeah, you I mean, feel that way? More, we've had more overtime games tied for the most in the last 20 years, so that would be one measure. You know, there have been a ton of close games. I think what's really fun when you call a game and, and is kind of this – when, when you show up and you really have no idea who's going to win, <laughs> you know, right. that, that really makes it fun. And I feel like I've called a lot of games like that this year where, you know, what, what I thought might happen and what actually happened are two totally different things. So, yeah, I do think it's a ton of fun. I, but again, look, I mean, you, but you do suffer in that, you know, there may only be one team in the NCAA tournament with a top four seed and those seeds matter. I mean, you look back historically and the number one outperforms the number two, and the number two outperforms the number three, and so on down the line on average. So it just makes it harder for you if, if, you, if you're in the situation where your highest seed is, is a four or a three or whatever Purdue ends up with. So I, I do think that the league's put itself in a challenging spot. I think it'll be really hard to have a very good NCAA tournament, but that's not to say there aren't a couple teams that I think can get hot and make a deep run. I agree. I I completely agree with that. Do you think that ultimately the the answer to how good the Big Ten is this year or isn't is is coming up here in the next three weeks, four weeks? Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent. Look, you're always going to be judged on how you do in the non-conference and how you do in the NCAA tournament. You could say that's fair or it's not fair, but I just think that's what it is. How did you do in your high-profile games? against other leagues. Now, you know, the games are one game. They're snapshot. I mean, you know better than anyone that sometimes you play well in a big game and sometimes you don't, but this is what it is. And that it's kind of the world we live in. And and so, yeah, I think the league will be judged to a certain extent on how they do going forward here over the next few weeks. I guess I will say this, that no matter how the big 10 does this year, like, to me, it's different than what it felt like in football six, seven years ago, where it really felt like there was a lot of ground to be made up. And, and I, obviously, the league has subsequently, I think, made up that ground, as has been evidenced over the last couple of years in football. I don't think there's a lot of ground to be made up in basketball. I just think it's been 
kind of a, a few teams that are historic powerhouses that found themselves in a weird spot this year. There have been injuries, obviously, at high-profile programs. I think you have some teams that are that are turning over personnel. I mean, Iowa would be a great example of a team that I think is going to be really, really good here going forward. So there just haven't been all that many teams that have kind of outperformed what you would expect. And I think you have a few historical powers that are down, that are down a little bit. And this is kind of what you get. But do I think that it indicates like this overall downward trend? Absolutely not. Like I'm not selling the Big Ten going forward, no matter what happens over the next few weeks. And again, I'm not sure I would have said that seven years ago in football. I mean, some pretty dramatic stuff had to happen for the league to get back. Some really good coaching hires, some changes in philosophy at the top. I don't think that's the issue with the Big Ten. What do you think the issue is? What do you think the issue is? I just think that it's cyclical. And and I think, you know, like, look, Indiana had some really big injuries. That's a historical powerhouse that's having a down year. Michigan State turned over a ton of personnel had injury issues, relying heavily on freshmen. I don't know what the problem is at Wisconsin. I mean, that's the one that I worry about, you know, where I say they should be a lot better than they are, and I can't figure that one out. I mean, you got three all-conference guys. you got seniors. So I don't get why Wisconsin is, is struggling in the way they are. That, that one concerns me, no doubt. But, you know, I mean, Michigan, I, they lost a ton of close games, but – they're a team that wouldn't surprise me at all if they get hot. I mean, they're as good offensively as just about anyone in the country. We talked about Iowa. So, I mean, again, I think it, it goes school by school. Ohio State had a huge injury that really derailed them. Uh, I, you know, I think maybe they're recruiting. They need to, to look at it a little bit differently and, and maybe focus more on some on in-state recruits, which they're doing. But there, are, there just aren't many programs where I would look at them and say, I don't think that they can be good here going forward. In fact, and then you got a bunch of them that are on upward trajectories. I mean, Iowa, Minnesota, Northwestern, Penn State, I think will be really good here over the next few years. So, I don't know. I don't think there's one hard and fast explanation for what's gone wrong this year. But – but I'm not selling. I don't know if you feel the same way, but but I, that's how I feel. I love every. I I think it's going to be great. Did I read this right? Did I read that whoever needed to? I guess the AD at Penn State came out and said that that uh, Sandy Barber. Yes, she did. Yeah, she came yeah. out and said that 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 Chambers going to be the coach next year. That's that's yes. a first step to pretty good, right there. In my opinion, I, I think he. You don't want to lose what they got going, regardless of what their record is. You want to keep what they've got going down there. You don't want to upset that deal right now, I don't think. I agree. I worry about them offensively, Dan. I yeah. just look at them, and I'm not always 100% sure what they're trying to do. Like, like <laughs> this idea of playing – well, this idea of playing I up-tempo, I get it. And I get that as a recruiting tool to say, hey, you're going to come here and, and we're going we're gonna to be a fun team to watch, and I'm not going to rein you guys in or anything like that. But, you know, I'm one of the guys – I do look at, like, the, the efficiency stuff. I mean, I, I believe in, in offensive and defensive efficiency. And so, you know, they're a high-scoring team, yeah, and, and they play at the second-fastest pace in the league. But they're 13th in the Big Ten in conference play in, in points per possession. So maybe you need to rethink a little bit. Hey, we're just going to run up and down, and we're just going to jack up shots. Like, I'm not sure I totally buy into that philosophy – but I like Pat a lot. I love the intensity they play with. I, I just wonder whether maybe you get someone on your staff kind of in the way that the John Beeline did with Billy Donlin, where he went out and got a defensive coordinator, basically. Maybe you do the same thing at, at Penn State with offense and, and figure out a way to play that's about more than just energy and effort. I just wonder if for a first year he's just trying to 
get those guys going. You know, I, I don't know. I, yep. I I would have never thought to do that. Maybe he's smarter. I, I would have thought, man, we got to win right now. Let's go. We're going to figure out the best way to play. I don't disagree. Um, I don't disagree with that at all. But they are talented. They're legitimately yes. talented. They're not like I would call it. They're not like fake. Okay, we're at Penn State, so we're talented. They're talented no matter what school they would be at, and that's that's what I don't think you want to lose. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, totally. And and I've been saying this all year. I mean, you know, tell me a team in the Big Ten that Tony Carr wouldn't play for. Right. Or Stevens. Tell me a team that Watkins or yes. Stevens. Like, those guys are legit, man. Yeah. I agree. I, I really agree with that. Like, I, you know, I always say, hey, somebody's got to be leading score on a bad team. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, those guys right. would be leading score. Those guys would be guys on, on, uh, Really good teams. Give me one team before I let you go, Rever. Who is going to make a run here and take Purdue out of it, take Minnesota out of it, or excuse me, take uh, Wisconsin out of it, if you don't mind? Take those two teams out of it. Who do you like? Well, I really like the matchups for Michigan. I'm not just trying to suck up to the host either. But, I mean, you know, look, they've already beaten Illinois this year, and they've beaten Purdue, and they're the one team that, that really took Purdue out of their game. I mean, they took Isaac Haas literally out of the game and they made things really difficult on Swanigan. So I think if Michigan's hitting shots, I just like the way that the, the bracket shook out for them. This is how good we are. You ready on, at our, yeah. on our radio show? I'm looking at the, the bracket here. Okay. And I'm yeah. like, man, what's Rivers talking about? Michigan's playing Northwestern. And then I look at it further and my intern got me this. And the number one seed is Indiana. And I'm like, wait a second. So our intern got me to 2016 that's bracket. Last, so that's last year. Yeah. 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 That For, Michigan Northwestern game will be really good. It'll yeah, go into overtime. I, and Michigan will win on a, <laughs> a controversial non travel call. Uh, <laughs> and Andrew Dockage will hit a shot, by the way. Yeah. But exactly. that's a different the, story. The, the other team that I'd say too, Dan, that I like the matchups is Iowa. You know, Iowa yes. beating Indiana. They, they just beat Wisconsin. They're really playing well. So I, those are the two that, that kind of are – that have to play on Thursday that I could see making a run. Great stuff, man. Always fun to talk Big Ten with you. And you are so right. There is a monster difference between Bryant McIntosh and Jeff Gross. With, <laughs> with all due respect to Jeff Gross. All right, Mr. With, basketball yes, in your fine state. I am yeah. not disrespecting Jeff Gross even a little bit, but you were right. I was – and uh, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't hear that exactly. That, that word that you started. You not could sure. not have been more right. Let me let me put yeah, it to you that way. Good, huh? Man, he was awesome yesterday. Is he I one mean, of He you? was just great. Is he is he a first team all league guy to you? I don't know. I'd I'd say second team. Yeah. But he's right only because of how many good players there are in the league. Um, you know, and his shooting percentage was down for a while. In fact, it was down all year. I mean, he's still in the 30s, which to me is the thing that, that I worry about a bit with Nate Mason, too. But, but he is one of the most important, if not the most important player, maybe outside of Swanigan, to his team in the Big Ten. I mean, yep. you know, especially with Lindsey getting the mono and, and teams kind of shutting down law. I mean, he's been the one guy who's had to carry that team. And you know, it's remarkable when you think of everything that's gone wrong this year with them, Dan. You know, they have two four-star guys sitting out. Aaron Falzone started for them last year. Recruit named Ivanowskis, who was their most highly touted guy. They lost pardon for eight games with a broken hand. Lindsey hasn't been the same since the mono. He missed four games. And in the games he's been back, he hasn't played well. 
And that's going to be the team that breaks through and makes it. I mean, that's a testament to the job Chris Collins has done and to how good McIntosh has been. Yeah, and I got to tell you, yesterday, CBS in the house, um, I heard cheers for Purdue when they scored, but it was clearly, clearly all purple, which is, as you know, historically not always been. And that was good. That was an unbelievable scene. I thought it showed up really well on TV yesterday, Welsh Ryan. I do. Yeah, I agree. No, I mean, talk about buying teams going forward when they get that new practice facility and get that arena redone. Uh, I think it's they're going to be really good here for years to come. All right, I'm asking you an unfair question. Don't answer, okay? All right. But here's a question among my boys. Uh, and my boys include Tariko and all the guys. The new gym opens in two years, whatever. They're out of it next year. Will Chris Collins be the coach when they go back in? Oh, I have no doubt whatsoever. No. I mean, I'm not a betting man. Yes. But um, I would be stunned beyond belief. I, I don't think he has any interest in going anywhere, Dan. I, you know, he's from Chicago. Yep. He loves it there. The AD is unbelievable. The university president's unbelievable. I think he... He waited for 13 years to take a job for a reason. He wanted it to be the right job. And I know people look at that Northwestern job and say, well, it's never been anything. It hasn't been anything because it hasn't been in the right hands. It's in the right hands now. I I think he, you know, he thinks it can be Notre Dame where you compete year in and year out. And so, yeah, I, you know, look, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I mean, you know, talks cheap, whatever, but I would be stunned beyond belief if he is not the coach there not only in two years, but honestly in five years. I mean, I think he's there for a long time. I totally agree with you. That's exactly what I said. And let me just say this. My compadres weren't in total agreement with me, but I am in complete agreement with you. And history has shown that if you and I agree on something, it is 1,000% accurate. <laughs> I'd like to see the research on that. <laughs> there is none, but I let to, it's take my word for it research, which is the best right, kind, I like brother. I like the sound of it. Thanks, my friend. See you in uh, right, D.C. I'll see you in D.C. Right. Yep. That's Dave Revson, Four Winds Lakeside Inn and Marina Hotline. Love talking to the Rev. He was right. I poo-pooed it. I did. When you're right, you're right. When you're wrong, you're wrong. I've never had a problem saying that I'm... We'll be back.